This is your wake up call. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. We in the mother. In the Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Toronto. Hey, good morning, guys. What's happening? What's up? How y'all feeling this morning? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. And somewhere between uh, O and K. But that's always the case. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. What about you, Yeezy? I'm good. I'm good. No complaints here. I was catching up on some television yesterday. I watched The uh, the Shy. Have y'all been watching The Shy? No, I haven't. Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to lie. The Shy kind of lost me this season just a little bit. Uh, I, I started watching early on, but it, it's just too confusing because it's just... They didn't tie up a lot of loose ends from last season. They didn't explain mm-hmm. a lot of things that didn't happen last season. And it's just a lot going on. I'm 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 gonna finish the season. But yeah. Come I right. felt like you I like had it? to cuz I've been dedicated to it, but it's not my favorite season of the shy at all. There's a lot of weird yeah. things happening. Yeah. It's just all over the place. It's all over the place. I'm gonna tell you what's good though, even if it's only two episodes deep. Lovecraft Country on HBO. That's my kind of show cuz I'm into science fiction. And mm-hmm. I love uh, science fiction starring black people. So I really, really, really like Lovecraft Country. Even though it's only been two episodes, and I wish that we could binge watch it. I do not like having to wait week after week to watch TV shows. I thought I did, and sometimes I do, but in a situation like this, I don't. I'd rather just get it all over because it's a good show. I enjoy Someone it. Someone was telling me the book is really good. I, 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 I assumed it was based off a book, but I, or, but I haven't ever, ever, ever read the book. But okay. the TV show is good. I haven't had no time to watch no damn TV. I'm moving, so I'm packing boxes. But you know what I'm doing today that I'm actually nervous about? I have to get the uh, the COVID test, coronavirus. Oh, okay. test. Please, fine. I've been got all those the, a few times. Yeah, so and all the I, all the plastic surgery you've had—that's nothing compared to I mean, the COVID test. Is nothing compared to that. You've had cheek implants. Okay, you, you'll be fine. Come on. Like I said, uh, they are, they're actually coming to do it uh, during the show this morning. So, um, I guess around eight o'clock, eight thirty ish. Why? They're doing it. So what it is is, of course, Madison is going to college. So before she goes to college, she has to take the test to make sure she's clear before she can go. She has to uh, check in this week. So um, she's scared to do it. So I am going to do it with her because I'm her dad. I didn't know that they do. They, the nurse called me yesterday. And said they do both nostrils. Uh not where I got oh, mine done. Nope, just one. But, well, yeah, uh, a different I, one. You won't like this, but they don't go as deep as they used to either. They don't have to go as deep in. It's actually yeah, nostrils. it's not that bad. The How first time I got it, it to? was, it was way worse. And then when I just got it um, on Thursday, it was a lot better. Okay, yeah, it wasn't as bad. They don't go as deep, so Envy, Envy won't like that, but uh, 
Yes, they still do the swab test. I had an antibody antibody test last week only because I had got a physical because I hadn't gotten a physical yet this year because you know the year got away from us, right? So mm-hmm. I went and got a physical and um, they did an antibody test on me. I didn't have no antibodies, so that means I've yeah. never had COVID nineteen. Yeah, so, now, I've heard recently that the antibody test is a waste of time. I don't know how true that is. No, I had a couple Probably. of friends that had uh, that that actually had it. That took the antibody test and actually had it. But um, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be doing that this morning, so you guys will get to see that because we'll still be on there while she does that test. So I'm nervous. I'm yeah. probably gonna cry and scream and squeal. But no, you're not. It's, uh, it's like one you... second. You definitely shouldn't. Right. It's not that bad now. But they do you say new to... guidelines say coronavirus antibody tests are pointless. Hold on, you go ahead. Go ahead. I gotta hear this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. I was just gonna say you've seen you scream and squeal this before. No, I wasn't gonna say that. I was just gonna say you've had things put into you before (laughs) for much longer periods of time, way deeper. You'll be fine, Envy. Come on, guy. Let's start the show. Matter of fact, we have a we have a we have a legend, an icon in the building today. Well, on the Zoom. That's right. Well, Nas will be joining us this morning. That's right. Yes. Godson, nasty Nas. Now, I know a lot of you probably know this story. Some of you don't. But do you know Nas actually pulled a gun on me before? Oh, my God. All right, we're going to verify. Or not. Nas actually pulled a gun on me. Yeah, Nas could have killed me. Think about it. Nas could have shot me and killed me and died. I'm I'm not going to say you deserved all of that. You definitely didn't deserve to get shot, killed, and whatever you said. But, yes, I can see why he might have done that back You deserve maybe a slap. Maybe a slap. Yeah, so not yet. Or maybe just a freeze. Maybe a freeze. He deserves Maybe a freeze. freeze. <laughs> freeze. 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 Who goes there? Yeah, okay. so Nas is the well, reason why I don't, I don't run up on uh, artists or MCs or rappers anymore. I will not stop back in the day. I wasn't a groupie. Nas I was, giving, you're not a groupie I was no giving him my mixtape. I was like, Nas, here you go. Here's my mixtape. I got something for you. Nas. And then he Nas pulled out a gun and said, what you got for me, no son? More. What you got for me? I said, uh, a mixtape? I'm glad he killed the groupie in you, but he's got a great new album out called <laughs> King's Disease that is an incredible, incredible body of work, and I can't wait to discuss with uh, Nasir Jones this morning. Okay. All right. Well, we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Well, I didn't hear any of you say that you were watching the Republican National Convention last night, but we can discuss. I did. I did watch a little bit of it. I watched that couple of times. Yeah, it was very entertaining. All right, well, we'll get into that next. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with the Republican National Convention for last night. Donald Trump did make an appearance. And could you imagine if Donald Trump gets reelected? What is that going to be like? Well, listen to this. If you want to really drive him crazy, you say 12 more years. Because we caught them doing some really bad things in 2016. Let's see what happens. We have to be very careful because they're trying it again with this whole 80 million mail-in ballots that they're working on. Y'all gonna stop treating Charlemagne like he's the monkey in the Lion King, Rafiki, okay? I've been telling y'all Donald Trump is gonna try his hardest to, to repeal that, that, that law in the Constitution and stay past uh, two terms if he, if he right. gets in this time. Donald Trump Jr. spoke and cocaine was trending after that. Just a few short months ago, we were seeing the American dream become a reality. The greatest prolonged economic expansion in American history the lowest unemployment rate in nearly 50 years. And then, courtesy of the Chinese Communist Party, the virus struck. 
The president quickly took action and shut down travel from China. Joe Biden and his Democrat allies called my father a racist and a xenophobe for doing it. They put political correctness ahead of the safety and security of the American people. Let me tell you something. First of all, I was highly entertained by the RNC convention. I was in and out, but I, I was also on the phone, so I was in and out, but I did watch Donald Trump Jr.'s speech. Y'all can say he was on cocaine all y'all want, but one thing Republicans do better than Dems is be very clear about their messaging, and it's amazing how uh, people started talking about him being on cocaine as opposed to speaking about him saying that we need to put an end to racism and police who kill people should be held accountable. I don't give a damn if he was on cocaine or not. You get on a big platform like that and you say that at a time like this, I like the messaging, all right? And that's the, that's what we should have uh, been playing and letting people hear over and over and over again and instead of talking about him being on some damn cocaine. Now, that messaging another, is very clear. Uh, other speakers included the couple from St. Louis who pointed guns at peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters marching past their mansion. And here are the McCloskeys. Not a single person in the out-of-control mob you saw at our house was charged with a crime. But you know who was? We were. On top of that, the Marxist liberal activist leading the mob to our neighborhood stood outside our home with a bullhorn screaming, you can't stop the revolution. Just weeks later, that same Marxist activist won the Democrat nomination to hold a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, just because you have a bullhorn does not mean that you're not peaceful, okay? People have a right to peacefully protest and peacefully march, and you don't have to pull guns on them. Uh, you can actually use a weapon if you feel like you're in danger, but they were not in any type of danger and any type of threat. Yeah. So, the, Yeah, the person with the bullhorn is not the, the troublemaker here. The person with the gun is. <laughs> so that, yeah, so that would have been y'all too. But I, I, I must say again, a broken clock can be right twice a day, and so can a cocaine, allegedly. Donald Trump Jr. said we need to put an end to racism and police who kill uh, unarmed people should be held accountable. I'm stamping that message. God damn it. I don't care who said it. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Call us right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Convicts that roll me to play in this. Incredible nonsense, get old some in this. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. I hear from you on the Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Jose Louis. All right, what's up, brother? Get it off your chest. Yes, sir. I want to get it off my chest out of the fact that no one is speaking about a fit test wearing a mask. A fit test? A fit test. Yes, I'm a safety director, as a matter of fact. When a person wears a mask in construction, or is it a finisher or whoever, they have to go through a clinic and get a test on their lungs. You know that the lung is actually a muscle. Therefore, you have to get fit tested. They'll put a mask on you, and they'll put a little drop of uh, banana oil. They'll ask you from 1 to 10, and you smell it, and then they'll put cherry, for example. And it's a test to see if your lungs have the capacity to hold either type of mask. And uh, I can't believe that the government is asking us to wear a mask and we're not even allowed, or we haven't even been speaking about wearing, uh, having a fit test. Test your lungs first. Got you. Okay. True. Okay. That, All right, thank you. Like, that makes sense. Hello, right. who's this? This is John from uh, Florida. 
Hey, John. Hello, John. Too much Florida this morning. I don't like it. <laughs> Solomon, I'm yeah. originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, I'm not sure if you guys know what's going on in Fort Hood, uh, Texas. No, what's going on? Tell us. Uh, there's a young man, a young Cavertian man from uh, Brockton, Massachusetts, who's gone missing. I sent you guys the link um, yesterday. I'm not sure if you guys received it or not on your Instagram. No, no I didn't, I didn't see, it. see it, my brother. What yeah. happened? FBI could be involved in this, man. This is what the third or fourth person being missed. So tell us more. What do we? What? What? What's the call to action? What's the man's name? Uh, the man's name is Elder Fernandez. You know, he's 23 years old. He was um, sexually abused and went to the hospital. After the hospital, he's been missing now for about a week, and they're not really giving any information to the family. The family's in Texas now, trying to get information. They're giving them the run around. Wow. So what do you think? I think the FBI needs to be involved, man. You know, something needs to happen out there, man. This is crazy, you know? I'm reading right, about it us, right now. Give us the brother's name again so we can go look up the case and other people listening can go look up the case, King. His name is Elda, spelled E-L-T-E-R Fernandez, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-S. All right. My man. Thank you, brother. Peace, King. They said he's been missing for a week in an ongoing abusive sexual contact investigation. He was last seen by his staff sergeant Monday afternoon when he dropped him off at his residence. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Oh, this is from Chicago. Shot time What's happening, King? Oh, yeah, okay, I'm online. What's okay, up, brother? What get up? it off your chest. <laughs> you're, here, you're, here, you're here with us, my brother. What's happening, brother? Oh, now I want to get off my chest, man. Never quit a job. And tell them, you know, tell them beforehand, because I didn't get my check, man, my last check. I told them beforehand I was going to quit, go to another company. They didn't get my last check. Well, they owe you that. Should I, should I sue them? What should I do? Yeah, yeah they got to give you your money. That's, That's crazy. Money. Man, I, that, I'm, I got bills, man. This is crazy. Can I give another shout-out? Go ahead, brother. Okay. Charlamagne always disses all the rappers on here. They be good rappers like the dude from last week from, like, he was a good rapper, man. He just need some good beats, man. Uh, Y'all need some beats. Hit me up at uh, <laughs> Titus underscore B Monger on uh, IG. All right, brother. How much do they, how, how much do they owe you, Titus? They owe me forty five hundred. Oh yeah, they gotta pay Woo! that. Yeah, you gotta get your. Yeah, money. you gotta get. They gotta pay that. Yeah, they gotta pay. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Not, I don't. I, I don't think you're telling us the whole story. Now I'm telling you the whole story, man. The, tr the truth is right. nothing but the truth. All right. Thank you, brother. I'll let you later. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, what's happening, man? It's Ben. What's up, Ben? Get what's up, your Ben? Chest. What's happening, Charlotte, man? God, I was just want to um, I just want to sound blessed, man. Today makes two years in business. Um, two years to the day I opened my juice bar and clean. So, you know, I'm blessed. Congratulations, King. Yeah, congrats, yeah, brother. I put the juice bar on my back. I was in there by myself for two years, so just making it work. And, you know, now it's, it's doing better, so I'm happy about that, man. Well, congrats, bro. Congratulations, King. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Hello, hey, who's this? Oh, with them. This life beats from me. Hey, what's yeah, up, brother? What's up, Nolan? What's down? What's down, Charlotte, man? I want to do two things right quick. For one, I want y'all to drop one of clues down for my wife. You know what I'm saying? It's our anniversary. Hey. Well, it was. Or whatever like that. It was lit. 
It was late, you know what I'm saying? That's my queen. Happy anniversary. And then for two, for two, man, I really want y'all to, I called like a couple of months ago and I told y'all about my song. He's like, Megan, and, and it was, I had got a good response or whatever like that. And I just want y'all to go check it out. Y'all might like it. I sampled y'all because I took the call I did from the last one. Okay. I put, it on, I put it on the intro or whatever like that. Now, so it was now that hook, that, 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 that sounds, like it. That, was, that sounds interesting. Tell me what, how the hook go. Oh, it, it, man, look, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. I, you, I'm telling Knees you, like Megan. Knees like Megan. Knees like Megan. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my Instagram is S-L-I-C-E. S B E no, it's S L I C E B E A T Z at Yahoo. Come on now, start over. You're from New Orleans, we understand. Slow it down. Yeah, yeah, it's S L I C E B E A T Z. Yeah, it's on Instagram, whatever like that. Thank you, King. I like it, bro. I was dancing in my Deadpool costume. You heard me? Oh, so you showing off? You showing off the fact that you got knees like Megan? Oh yeah, it's lit. It's lit. It's oh lit. my goodness, we lit out there. It's like New Orleans bounce. You heard me? I, I love the I fact like, that they like, Charlemagne. I like New Orleans bounce. I love oh, yeah, New Orleans yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, you don't like it, but I'm a producer, really. You don't know, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna I check it out. One, All right, All right, one thing I like, one thing I like about New Orleans, New Orleans people, even the guys are not afraid to just dance. Like they dance very freely. You know what I mean? You love very, that. I know. It's very gender fluid. Mm-hmm. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about food. That's a good topic. Uh, Travis Scott will tell you who he's collaborating with. And also Wiz Khalifa. He has a new venture, and it all has to do with food. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Kobe. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, yesterday was Kobe Bryant Day, Monday, August 24th, and they've also meant a motion for three miles of Figueroa Street to be re renamed to Kobe Bryant Boulevard. So the street name would go from Olympic Boulevard, which is near the Staples Center, to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. And you know, dope. yesterday, yeah, that's dope. Yesterday during the first quarter of the Lakers Trailblazers game, at one point the score was 24 to 8 with the Lakers up. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, thought that was uh, some good energy. And yes, so I think that's an amazing way to celebrate uh, Kobe Bryant. Now, Wiz Khalifa has announced Hot Box by Wiz. It's a delivery-only restaurant chain. So he has partnered with a virtual restaurant brand curator, Next Bite, and he's doing this delivery-only restaurant, and it's going to be open for business on October 1st. So he personally curated the menu mm -hmm. and has some of his favorite food on there, which is Blazed Ends, Crispy Savory Burnt Brisket Ends, smothered in a smoky sweet barbecue sauce. Taylor Gang turkey burgers. Also, he'll have a side of chip hits, crispy house-made chips and Parmesan and lemon, mac and yellow, which is, of course, mac and cheese, and the mile-high dark chocolate brownie, which is dessert. That sounds amazing. Uh, I thought that he was going to come to your house and smoke with you. I, th I was like, wow, that'd, that'd be something cool. Because, you know, we live in a time right now where people be feeling lonely and need somebody yeah, to talk to. You don't want nobody in the house like that now, especially somebody that's traveling. Hot is in the car. Mm. Hot boxing is in a car. I thought they pull up, you come smoke in the car with you. Yeah, still, you don't Plus, if you smoke with Wiz, your day is over. There's no more things happening. It's no productivity after that. For everybody who has smoked with Wiz, 
to ever know. Remember, he he bought us some weed before, mm-hmm. some Khalifa Kush. Quite a few times. Yep. <laughs> even ran into right. even ran into him in the street, and he he always got some pre rolls on deck. Well, you can order from Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, and Grubhub. Again, that'll be available October 1st. And it'll be in Pittsburgh, L.A., San Diego, Chicago, Denver, D.C., Indianapolis, Houston, and New York City. Uh, Travis Scott is going to be working with McDonald's. So they haven't leaked out all the details, but there is a memo that leaked out from McDonald's from their chief marketing officer. And Mm -hmm. they said from his impossible to get Nike sneaker line to a serial collab with General Mills that sold out in 30 seconds to a record setting virtual concert series inside Fortnite. Travis Scott is the definition of big in culture. Beyond this, he is a true fan of McDonald's and our craveable iconic food. He will resonate and spark excitement with our youthful multicultural customers. But what's the what what, what is he selling? He got his own burger. He got his own milkshake. But they're going to announce the partnership officially in early September, but they haven't said what it is yet. Okay. What's Travis? Intro's so, Travis' last name is Scott. Who the hell is Travis McCoy? Isn't there a Travis McCoy? I don't know a Travis Chavie McCoy. McCoy. Isn't he from um, gym class here? Travis McCoy ain't. Oh, I want to be. Travis McCoy was a rapper too. So freaking bad. That's not him, right? I think that is him from gym class here. I'm just saying, I was thinking about the whole McCoy McDonald's. That would be a good partnership as well, but never mind. All right, and um, Big Sean, he announced that his new album, Detroit 2, which is the sequel to 2012's Detroit, has a release date September 4th. So the first thing he did was share a new single from the album, and it features Nipsey Hussle. Now, the song is called Deep Reverence. We are going to play it in its entirety before Front Page News, but we do want to give you some highlights of what he talks about on this song. Now, amongst the things that he discusses is uh, uh, some type of friction with Kendrick Lamar. Listen to this. After what happened in Ipsy, I reached out to Kendrick. It wasn't even no real issues there to begin with. Lack of communication and wrong information from people fueled by the ego. It's like mixing flames with diesel. Energy crazy, I realize that it's a two-way street. What's coming is going if it don't give you more, it drains you. Should be a billionaire based on the time off I'm not taking. Probably why this shit with me get crazy and we lost a baby. Yeah, I remember when him and... uh. K-Dot was alleged to have some issues. It was throwing bars at each other here and there. Right, some subliminals. I actually heard this song and I asked Big Sean what happened with him and Kendrick, and he gave the whole breakdown of what went down. And I know we're going to have him on the show soon, so we'll let him tell it. Now, he also mm-hmm. references a time when he had suicidal thoughts. Listen to this. In high school, I learned chemistry, biology, but not how to cope with anxiety. Or how I could feel like I'm by myself on an island with depression on all sides of me. With a Glock 17 right on the side of me. Look, I ain't think I had a thought of suicide in me until life showed me all these different sides of me. Too many times I thought the Reaper was outside for me. Yeah, I love Big Sean on there speaking on his mental health and, and especially how in school they don't teach us how to deal with our anxiety. That's why we need social and emotional learning in all grade schools to help brothers and sisters cope. Absolutely. Well, all the stress these kids are going through, they don't know how to deal with it. So you're absolutely right. Yep. Need SEL in schools. Mm-hmm. Well, Big Sean was locked in and he was working with Hit Boy for this album. Also, it's executive produced by Kanye as well. So Hit Boy said, I watched bro Big Sean lock in for hours till every bar hit how he wanted it to. His vision was clear from the jump. This is some of his most elevated work on every level. Proud is an understatement. Very tough record to listen to, though, because you can tell Nipsey didn't get to finish his verse. And, you know, I, I hear it, and I say, I just can't believe you Negroes took Nipsey away from us. How, how you just took Nipsey from the planet like that? But, you know, damn. Rest in peace to, to Nip Hustle. And Deep and Reverence just, is a 
is a great name for that record because people definitely have a deep reverence for Nipsey Hussle. Well, make sure you keep listening. We are about to play that song in full. And it is called, the album is called Detroit too. So I'm sure there's going to be some Detroit artists on there as well. We'll look forward to that. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news coming up. All right, not to scare anybody, but they are saying they have the first documented case of someone getting coronavirus for the second time. Oh, boy. All right, well, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with night one of the Republican National Con- uh, Convention that happened yesterday. Uh, another person who spoke is Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, by the way, former Fox News host uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Here's what she had to say. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Yeah, I definitely turned her off because she was yelling at me. I didn't want uh, to be yelling. Everybody was talking know, about I, her yelling. I thought it was just me. I was trying to uh, type and watch that, and I put her on mute. I was like, why is she yelling at me? Uh, the late night uh, host last night were having a field day with her speech. Mm-hmm. And she also talked about California. She said the state used to be pristine, but the Democrats turned it into a land of discarded heroin needles in parks, riots in the streets, and blackouts at home. And she, by the way, did used to be married to the governor of California. So well, That's reason to scream. If there's heroin needles all over the place. <laughs> I can understand why she'd be screaming about that. I don't California that way. <laughs> Neither do I. I haven't been all through California either, though. All right, now Donald Trump Jr. uh, had this to say about police brutality. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism, and we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace, and if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that, too. Listen, a broken clock can be right twice a day, and so can a man allegedly high on cocaine. All right, I was so happy to see the Shade Room post this last night. Do not let them deflect from what he said. I don't care who Sonny is. I don't care if he really feels that way. He said we must end racism, and any police officer who abuses their power should be held accountable. That should be chopped up and running in a Joe Biden campaign ad today. Whenever a Republican or a Trump supporter starts talking to you about there is no racism and systemic racism isn't the reason cops kill, you know, unarmed black people, play that clip from Donald Trump Donald Trump Jr. Okay, meanwhile, you got Joe Biden talking about adding more police. No, we need police reform, and the way police officers are trained to respond to certain situations needs to be changed completely. And like Donald Trump Jr. said, we must put an end to racism, and police who abuse, abuse their power should be held accountable. Period. Poo. All Period right, poo. the first documented coronavirus reinfection has been reported in Hong Kong, and what they are saying is it's a 33-year-old man He was infected a second time more than four months after the first time. And so now they are saying the finding was not unexpected because of the millions of people who have been infected worldwide. The man had no symptoms the second time, which suggests that even though the prior exposure did not prevent the reinfection, his immune system actually kept the virus somewhat in check. 
So it was asymptomatic the second time around. His immune response prevented the disease from getting worse. And they said it's kind of a textbook example of how immunity should work. So people who do not have symptoms may still spread the virus to others, however. And that's why the importance of vaccines still comes into play. I have so many Well, I would like to know. Yeah, yeah, I would like to know if know he was he asymptomatic the first time. Was he, was he asymptomatic the first time? Because, the first time he had mild symptoms. And the second time, how did he have symptoms? What made him go check himself? Because if you got uh, it already, I wouldn't go check myself unless I had symptoms, right? And well, how do we he, know he had coronavirus the first time? How do we know he ain't just had a cold or the he flu? He went to the hospital and got tested. But so what? The symptoms are the same. So what you say? Yeah, mild symptoms. What were those mild symptoms? Okay, so the first case, the first case was diagnosed March 26. He only had mild symptoms. He was hospitalized on March 29th, even though his symptoms had subsided, and he was released April 14th after he had tested negative for the virus twice. He had no detectable antibodies after his first bout. Then he tested positive again after he went on a trip to Spain via the UK. The test was administered at the airport. I'm not saying uh, it's not true. Okay. All I'm saying is. The NFL is currently investigating 77 false positive coronavirus tests. So this man, we don't know this man has ever had corona. We don't know. I don't trust any of these tests. I just don't. You're telling me that antibody tests don't matter? That's what y'all told me this morning? Now this guy uh, was was passed it the first time and had two more negative ones. Now he got another one. That's what I said. He passed it. He passed it the first time, had two negative tests the next time, then he... Passed it again. Passed it again. Like, oh, man, we don't know. They don't know what's going on, really. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your front page news. I'm about to take my test in about an hour, so I don't want to wait. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm you might tear up a nose. little. I definitely will tear up. I'm not gonna sit here. I, I probably will cry. It looks painful. They got, the, they got the anal swab too. That might be more up your alley. No, I'm sure they get more up your alley. But all right, when we come back... The anal, swab, the anal swab, you get it back in 69 seconds. You get your results back in exactly 69 well, seconds. I don't know What's who lied to you, Charlemagne, but it sounds like someone took advantage of you. Yeah, you tried it. It sounds <laughs> like you tried it before, and you enjoyed it. You did it a couple of times, didn't you? They got the anal swab test. Anal swab spit <laughs> test. <laughs> See? <laughs> See what's wrong with you, man. Come on, man. We got a legend walking in here, man. Come on. We do. Well, he's not walking in. Stop lying. See, you, you, you've been doing radio so long that you lying to people about somebody walking in and we all at home. All right? You know what I mean. He'll be on the line in a second. Nas yes, will be, be joining on us. Nas will be joining us when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. It only took us 10 years to get this individual <laughs> on The Breakfast Club. And he doesn't do more. He doesn't do mornings, ladies and gentlemen. But he's here with us this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, now. Thank you. Honored to be here. First, first of all, I got to give you a round of applause on putting out an amazing body of work in King's Disease. Album is dope, man. Very, very, very refreshing. I call it adult contemporary hip hop. You know, when you when when you over forty, you need something to to be under the pergola sipping your cognac too. So I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate that, man. What what is it, King's disease? It's the thing that com- that comes when you're on top of your game. You know, you can uh, you can overindulge in things that could be your demise. You can. It comes with not being on point. Um, I mean, it comes from uh, gout and, 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 you know, these, these terms that were these un, um, from eating too much rich food, drinking too much wine, but I flipped it into a lot more like 
being a king, watch out for hate, watch out for uh, diseasing yourself with being drunk on power and ego, you know. It's, it's multi-layered, man. <laughs> I see you hooked up with Hit Boy on this one. How did you and Hit Boy get up? Me and Hit, we um we met years ago. We was um I was trying to work with him a long time ago. I just I just admired his work. So um I just came by to see him to get a beat. I just felt like working. I came by and got a beat and I I didn't leave. We just we we got into a zone and then um they say you know we're working on an album. And you got a firm reunion on the album. So who's yeah. that? Was that you that said, yo, we gotta do this? Did somebody come to you and say, let's put to, put out a song? Uh Hit Boy. It was Hit. He said, yo, um, we need to get AZ on the track. And I was just like, wow, like I knew he was really invested in, I knew he really was serious about what we was working on when he mentioned A. And I knew AZ was working on his new stuff too, so it was perfect timing. And then G-Code was like, why don't you call, call Mega and Foxy Brown? And I just, it just, light bulbs was going off and it was just like, let's let's get at it. So, so who is in the firm? Is it Cause I was like, well, where's nature? Is where's it, nature? Why didn't nature, nature make the record? Is Mega Fox? Is it nature? Is it like who? Who's the firm? A Z? Yeah, it, it started with me, A Z, called Mega and Foxy Brown, and that's the that's the one um, we did uh, affirmative action on my album. And yep. after that, it was like a split had happened. Me and Mega fell out crazy, and it never it never panned out the way it was supposed to with that four. And, you know, we went on and did the album, Nature's on the album, and Nori's on the album. You know, wanted to get back to, uh, me and Megan, once we talked, it was just like, let's bring that, let's bring that formula back for this record. Mm -hmm. It's a great time. I was I was just checking on him, see how he was, see how he was doing in this, because we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. And I, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, this is a great time just to catch up anyway. So we just caught up and put, and continue from affirmative action, you know, full circle. Right. And Dr. Dre even pops up on it too. Yeah, that's the secret, the secret sauce in the song right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dr. Dre, he came at the end and really made it full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shout out to Dre. AZ really doesn't ride on elevators, huh? Was that always a thing even back then? Like he won't get in an elevator? What? <laughs> How you know that? <laughs> he takes elevators. He takes elevators, but I mean, where are you going? Not packed elevators. No, it's listen, because I had a birthday party. I was at the bowling alley, and he came, but he wouldn't come upstairs because he doesn't ride elevators. And I, <laughs> and I, I was, think he said he got stuck in the elevator as a kid. So I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know he still don't ride elevators. <laughs> He's still elevating, though. He's still elevating. And you did some collaborations with artists you've never worked with before, so I thought that was pretty fresh with this, too. It's a nice balance. Like, we get the nostalgia with the firm, but then we see you with Anderson Pack. You know, we see you with other artists that you haven't worked with previously. So how do you decide what collaborations you want to do? Well, with working with Hit, it was like, I, I like, he really was in uh, the front seat, a uh, driver's seat. We both were driving, but, you know, he has his ideas. He has his ideas and directions and stuff, so... You know, with Big Sean too. Um, it was like we felt what needed to happen, who we needed to work with. We just wanted to work with the perfect people for each song. Before we get back to King's Disease, because King's Disease is, is so phenomenal. What do you think went wrong with the Kanye West album? I don't know what went wrong. I would say 
I did want to I did want to work more with him. I did we 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 spent some time there, but I mean I was working on ideas. He would give me um like a few loops and I would write to them, but they wasn't finished. And it's I was just trying. To, he was working on a lot. He had Cuddy, Tiana Taylor. He had his album, and I was the only one coming in starting fresh. So I got the less time with him. You know, we really did that album like that week that it was supposed to come out. <laughs> it seemed a little rushed, like even with Cop Shot the Kid, Cop, like that idea, yeah. insane, Slick Rick sample, but it, it just seemed like the way the loops was on top of each other was hard to hear. It just seemed like it was rushed, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, I kind of felt that too. It just, it just went crazy. It just went crazy. Once we announced we was doing the album, it, it just went crazy after that, you know. I definitely wanted to work with him a lot more than we did. Mm-hmm. Do you regret that album? No, no. I like cop. I like cop shot the kid. I like um, Adam and Eve. I like um, I like the music and simple things of life. I like um, you know, it's a short. It's a short album. Um, it just we just didn't get enough time to really. I wish we worked on it more, but certain things happen for reasons. You know? mm-hmm. But when you first came on the scene and you signed your first deal. Back then, everybody was raping artists, getting artists, you signing artists, not getting your necessary publishing. How was your first deal as a young artist, as a team? I thought it was amazing. Because back then, we thought only R&B artists were getting, like, real deals, like like big budgets, because they could go far. They could, their records could go a lot further than hip-hop records at the time. So to mm-hmm. get, I got, like, a $250,000 budget, um, overall, you know, like for my pocket, I think was uh, thirty thousand, something like that. But you know, um, back then, <laughs> that was everything. <laughs> I, I was good. It was decent, you know. But um, it was a learning process, and I knew it was going to be signing the contract. You know, what levers do you have? They betting on you. You know, what I'm saying they putting up everything, and um, I was just wanting the opportunity. I was just happy. All I needed was opportunity, and I'll take it from there. All right, we got more with Nas. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nas Yee. You feel like you celebrate life a lot more now than you did when you were younger. I feel like you weren't that big on wanting to do interviews or talk about your personal life, but now it feels like you're in a good space. Like it's been, like you said, 27 summers since Illmatic even came out. And now you've got your venture capitalism going on. You have restaurants. He celebrated. He was partying back in the day. You could catch Nas in any club in New York City back in the day. <laughs> but it feels feel a little different now. It feels like a more, I don't know, grown, mature type of celebration because it feels real stable for you just with everything going on. So I woke up and I said, I made it. Oh, I, I, I got to be proud of this. You know, I got to. You wake up, you, you run for so long that you don't have time to stop and look around and, you know, you're just running and, you know, then you get to a point in your life where you're like, okay, I can, I can settle down and kind of chill and like, all right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I think I'm happy. I think um, considering all the, the times that we're in, you know, I think I'm, I'm at a strong place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell even on the definition, you're talking about gout and getting your uric acid levels up high and drinking lemongrass and cherries, alkaline water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you giving people the blueprint how to live? Got to. You know, it's all about balance, moderation. 
um, taking into re the right things into your body. Um, that's important. That's important to me. Uh, I'm, and on speaking of that song, uh, shout out to Brucey B. Yes. Uh, yes. So happy to have him on, on the record. And a record I talk about a lot of things, including a, somebody who I say is cool with me, Gail King. And um, I think she's uh, a bright light, but, you know, there was things that had, that had happened that made me a little upset. And um, it made me um, just open up and say things that, you know, that I think we could bring, that could push us all into a better place if we, you know, just talk about it. But it's all love. That was a very barbershop moment, though. What the f is up with Gail King? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very, but you asked him good questions. It, it was natural. I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that. I didn't know what was going to happen. It just came out. But, you know, I know she means well. I know she means well. But me being, I know what that's like to be accused of some bullshit. So, you know, that's it. But, you know, um, on another note, on the health side of it, of that same song, I had a friend who had King's disease too. I knew about two, two, three people that, that had this thing and it's, a, it's about your diet, you know what I'm saying? Taking care of yourself. So on the definition, I wanted to end it with that. Like take care of self. You had a good line on that song too, even after the Gail King thing, when you talk about journalism or internalism, like what, what's the difference to you? I mean, it's sort of like what you guys do. It is what you guys do. You guys do great journalism. I'm not just saying that because we hear everybody knows that about you guys. You guys are the ones. So it's like there's a side of it where there's an, there's an integrity part, but there's also a side of it where you have to do great journalism. And it's like which part of it is uh, you guys got a hard job. It's like what part of it do you throw everything out the window and, and or what part of it do you carry yourself in there with some integrity and, 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 and do it like the greats did it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, Envy has told us, and I'm glad that we have you here to clear this up. Oh, boy. <laughs> you had an issue with him telling a story about an interaction that he had where you allegedly had to approach him. He didn't pull out an allegedly. He pulled out a gun on me. I it's, alleged, it's alleged. It's alleged. What the damn alleged? It was me. I was like 19 I don't know years if I old. You, MV. I was so in the back of Jamaica Avenue. I get him one up to now in my book bag. I said, I got something for you in my bag. He said, what you got for me? When I went in the bag to pull out a mixtape, Nas had a gun. And I was like, it's just a mixtape. He's like, don't do that. You know how the streets are. And he got in his GS and he took off. That was real. There was no allegedly he did it. That was before bodyguards. That was before, <laughs> I, before I was used to people recognizing me. Uh, that happened a couple of times, and that definitely happened with DJ Envy. I didn't know you at the time. It's, it's Jamaica Queens. You know how volatile Jamaica Queens is, you know? So, love, man. Love. <laughs> Nas, I want you to know that's the first DJ Envy war story that has ever been confirmed on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> All his other street war stories don't be adding up. He's the only person there. You're the first person to confirm one. Damn, Envy, why'd you have to say anything? <laughs> Listen, I feel like on King's Disease, black women were a real muse for this album. Am, am I right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They are the backbone. They are, they are everything. And when I put out Lost Tapes the other time, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm really, I'm a rapidly rap kind of guy. I like to rap. And in that case, that's like, there's no songs about the, the women in my life. So I had to change that to open that up 
I needed that conversation. I needed to be more transparent with women and dating and, and life and, you know, yeah. yeah. It was so on point. Like when I heard Tell the Wars one, I'm like, yo, did he write this yesterday? Because literally all Friday it was protect black women, protect black women, protect black women. So I'm like, wow. How, how, how have black women shown up for you in your life? It starts with my moms, you know? She was a great example, and I didn't listen to her. She would try to warn me about, you know, like the song says, take your time, young man. And I ain't listen. I was just running around, you know, but, you know, in hindsight, retrospect, her words are, they with me now, you know? So um, it started with her. She's the example. And then um, even more now than it used to be. And, you know, it's all love. It's all love. What, what does winning the war look like to you? When you say you say it's not over until the war is won, what does winning the war look like to you? That means all people of all ethnicities wising up, getting over yourselves, get out of ignorance, educated on all of our differences so we can coexist in this world, in this, in this country. The, the war of good versus evil that we're in right now. What's the old Nas? Like I see on the um, on the album, we say looking at him. What what's the oh, old? Like, what is the old Nas? Like people say, oh, you want the old Nas? Listen to an old cool mixtape. Like what what are people what, what are people saying? They want the old Nas. Like what is the old Nas? It, it it leaned a little bit more to what the younger guys would talk about, even to today. Mm-hmm. Street stuff, you know. Um, street stuff is always going to be number one. I'm always going. That's going to be me. But the, the like going over the top. <laughs> you know, the stuff we like, the stuff, the hardest stuff, the hardest, hardest, hardest stuff. You may, you might not hear that from me the way it was because I'm different, but you always got those clue tapes and all of that. You wouldn't snuff Jesus at the age you had now. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, we got more with Nas when we come back. Let's get into his newest joint, Ultra Black. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nas Yee. Now, look, you have songs like Replace Me, and we don't ever hear you too much in interviews talking about relationships. So I got to ask you, have you ever had your heart broken? Yeah, um, 16 years old. This girl named Tia. Tia, I'm sorry. Put your name out there wherever you are. Um, but I also also mentioned her on Car 85. Um, but then after that, it was um, all of them, man. <laughs> all, of them. <laughs> all of them, man. My baby mamas, all of them. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's life. You go through it. Mm-hmm. How many young girls jumped in your DM when they heard you say you're a sugar daddy? <laughs> How, many? <laughs> How many? You said you put it out there. Now you say you're a sugar daddy. You know what? I could speak like that because I'm really not. But <laughs> clear. Let's clear that up. Because it's past tense. It's, it's past, you know, I, it's, I've been there. I'm, I'm a lot slowed. I slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. I slowed down, you know. I was dating the same girls with young rapper dudes. Who's Drake. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's just rhyming. That's just bars. I just threw their name out there. You're always rhyming somebody's name and it gets you into trouble because then people be like, who is he talking about? Like, you know, you said Doja Cat's name, but that was just because you said it rhymed with the when, song. When, when I talked to a girl one time, she told me about this dude, um, and I didn't know who he was, but he's some new rapper that, you know, was really crazy about her. But she seemed so much so mature, 
and she's dealing with this young rapper, and it was like, this was, I was just like, I'm running to the same women that the young dudes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you also say, you also say, not anymore, not anymore. Not anymore. I'm about to ask, did Roxanne Shantae really threaten you? At the at the end of the movie, you know, she comes up to you and, and you were the rapper. Did she really threaten you and say, get your stuff together, I'm gonna punch you in your face? Was that rude? Was that true? No, she said, next time I see you, if you don't have this shit together, I'm fucking you up. <laughs> so I was hiding from her. <laughs> I was hiding from her because she, you know, she was she she was tough. You know, she was tough. And she was she was serious. And that showed me how serious the game is. That showed me how serious you got to be about this. And she was a girl. And back in those days, she was speaking to TFO in a way that in a society in the society we lived in, we wasn't used to women talking to somebody like that. Like I would hear the older guys saying, you know, upset about some of her lyrics in the song because I, I'm learning from this world. I mean, I'm like, oh, they're not used to women, you know, bucking back. Roxanne's Revenge, I'm like, so in, in her own right, Roxanne Shantae is like a, a freedom fighter through hip hop, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, not, I acknowledge that and um, I always looked up to her. Now you also had said you had another secret project that's supposed to be happening. Is that still happening? Yes. <laughs> it's a little so <laughs> is it music? What is it? It's music. Uh, it, what I was talking about was music. Okay. How, how have you felt, Nas, about the, the criticism that, you know, your production has, has always been lackluster? That's what people always say about Nas. He don't have the beats. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think um, that people may... I know I choose to rap on things that I like. You know, I'm a rapidy. I'm like the rap type of guy, so I just like to rap on beats that allow me to open up. I don't... I, I think it be... You know, things just snowball. And it's just one of the things people talk about, but I don't, I don't get it. I work with some of the greatest producers. I work with some of the new producers. I, don't, I mean, that don't make no sense to me. How yeah, I never understood that either. With Illmatic, and then you know, it was written. I am. I never. I didn't. I never understood where the lack of the lack Nas rap over whack beats. Like what? What half times whack? Like New York State of Mind is a whack. Certain people don't. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Certain people will see me. And they don't like that I'm doing good. They don't like that I'm able to have, by the grace of the most high, to sustain and do what I do. They think that it should be harder for me, like it ain't hard enough. They think that I have it good. A lot of people think so many ways about me. I hear things all the time, and it bothers them. If, if you bother by me, man, like, that's on you. But I wish you the best. Do you think Jay-Z releases projects on your album, release dates on purpose? <laughs> That's, That's what everybody that. says every time. I saw 50 say that the Woo Kid. I see a little meme going around. No, no. I think I think maybe there's an energy that we both have where we maybe we feel like we work around the same time. And then it's, they said Still Matter came out December 18th. They said AJ released Unplugged. Then it said Street Disciple November 30th, then Collision Course. Nas's greatest hits, American Gangster. Nasir, everything is love. The Lost Tapes, Beyonce, Jay Z, Lion King. Now that's where it got stupid with the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> the Lion King soundtrack is when it gets kind of stupid. And right. recently, right. he was an entrepreneur. Well, I, I, what's Collision Course? That's an album? The Linkin Park joint, yeah. Oh, oh, word, word. 
Yo, bro, that's a hell of a co- that's some coincidence. For you. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I think things just happen. It's just synergy, man. You know, you know, Jay would know. Jay would know better than me. Now, this album wasn't on Def Jam, right? This album was on your own Mass Appeal. Are you off Def Jam and you only on Mass Appeal now? Yeah, I'm only on Mass Appeal, man. It's about it's a couple of years old, and um, I'm so happy to be at a thriving company and that we built from the ground up, uh, the record company. We built that from the ground up, man. And um, we got Dave East, man. We got a, we got some uh, some... Some dope, some dope artists that we partner with. Dave East, shout out to Dave East. Karma Threes in stores. Well, ain't no stores, but <laughs> that's a that's a crazy album. Pick that up. Um, yeah. So Mass Appeal, we just we're growing every day, and this is uh, this is a beautiful thing to have this record after being on Sony, <laughs> Def Jam. Uh, you know, worked with In- Interscope, Dr. Dre for the Firm album working with all these different labels and now to have my own. That's where we're supposed to be now, though. All right, now let's get into a Nas mini mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. That was a Nas mini mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nas. Charlamagne? Have you ever gotten to a point, Nas, when you thought your legacy was in jeopardy? I'm sure somewhere, somewhere I did. Um, But then I didn't spend too much time on just thinking about rap. You know, you got a life had a life to live, so I'm like, so be it. Whichever way it's gonna go, I did my best. So I can't drop myself crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let me let me get to these pampers and <laughs> drive this kid to school and live life, you know. Oh, so this was later on. This was like after oh. still Matic and all that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. I, 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 yeah. I would, okay. I, okay. I thought yeah. it would have been before. Nah, Charlotte, like, like the first time I thought about that was after my first album. I'm like, yo, now where do I, am I going to continue going? And am I going to um, mess up the sophomore jinx? If your second album is going to be garbage, they used to say that back then. And a lot of people don't make it past their second albums back then. So I was concerned more then in the beginning. And then later on, it was like, okay, I'm getting older. How am I going to bow out gracefully? I'm going to leave this thing alone. It's, Kids are now doing these great things. Let me, but then that thing in you that just that fan in you that just keeps burning, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, I gotta do a record, I gotta do a record, you know what I mean? So, listen, what about what about your acting job in Belly? Did you ever look at that and be like, You know what, man, they're gonna use this against me because <laughs> <laughs> you, you bought and Blue Bins, you got Louis, Louis Rankin on Blue Bins, you know what I'm saying? You included the scene from Belly. Classic movie, by the way. Yo, uh, Louis Rankin's rest in peace, Louis Rankin. Rest in peace, Louis Rankin. Um, he was he was a wild, wild dude, man. That dude. How do you nah, feel I, about your acting job in Belly? Is the question, Nas. I thought it was good. You didn't like it, show? I'm man? asking Nas. I ain't talking to you. Yeah, but, but you didn't like it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> but you didn't yeah. do much more acting after what? that, though. But you know what? Hype Williams would get me between scenes. They're like, yo, dog, you got to pick it up, man. You pick it up. Yo, dog, man, they, they not feeling you, dog. You got to pick it up. And I'm like, I'm trying. That's the way I smile. That's the way I'm trying. He's like, yo, man, I don't know, man. You know, like, you, if you don't pick it up, he was on me. He was on me, and I was mad. I was like, he ain't bothering nobody else. You know what I'm saying? He's just on me. And I was just like, damn. So 
I was thinking about that while I was doing it, but I could. I just had to be me. I just had to do it my way. Um, I, very nonchalant moments, like when you walk. Very like, way back. Got shot. Yeah, I got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought this would happen. <laughs> and then, like, yo, let's just go to Africa, T. Let's just go. <laughs> no, I'm smooth, man. Like Billy D, man. I was trying to get my Billy D swag going, man. You know, what you did the other day, where it was, uh, it was you, Quavo, Swiss, Travis Scott, and Puff. In Malibu. In Malibu. Is that is that a video? Y'all working on something? Y'all hanging? Y'all chilling? When, it, when I see y'all brothers together, it's, it seems like that's some, some big money talk. Oh, no. Nah, Puff, like, inviting me over, man. Some, come, you know, Puff, come celebrate the album. Mm-hmm. Come have a, you know, come down to Malibu. Did um, he have a mask on? No. There's no mask on. <laughs> this is a great meeting of cool people. I was really happy to be around um, Travis, Quavo, Puff, Swiss Beats. Just great energy. Buster Rhymes pulled up later. Mm-hmm. It was just a great time. It felt like it was a a, a tasting. It was a, a weed tasting. We had a smooth weed tasting. We had the menus. So um, it was a beautiful thing, man. You know, it, it, it makes me want to smoke again right now. I got nice before I talked to you guys. And, you know, that that really got my weekend going, going to see those guys and enjoying conversation. Right. Didn't Puff try to sign you back in the day? Like 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 back right early, 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 early? Yeah, Puff, um, he tried to um I already had the deal. So he wanted to manage me. So I brought him to meet Tommy Matola for the first time. We talked about it, but Puff was scary dude to the, in, the industry people at the time, you know. Really? He was a little wild for them. And uh it was perfect for me. But for them, they didn't want to work with him, so I had to had to choose a different manager, you know. It was like that. Um, you know, a lot of people were scared of that man. You know, I was with him when he went to uh, try to shop his deal for Bad Boy with Andre Arell, rest in peace. He was ahead of his time. That's all it was. Did Swift try to ask you about doing a versus battle? You know he did. <laughs> who did he Who did he say you should do it with? You know who he said. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Swiss. Um, that'd be dope. I love verses, though. I love it. Yeah. Who you got, Brandy or Monica, for the next one? I love them both. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be the biggest battle of the year, um, the biggest verses of the year, because it's a celebration of life. Two incredible artists. You know, they got the boy is mine, and I did the life is mine. Rest in peace and habit. That's gonna be big. I got them both. Speaking of big, because you said the word big, weren't you and Big supposed to do a record together, but something happened, like the verses didn't get recorded? I got too high. Um, I was in the studio, and Big was rolling up some of that chocolate for Brooklyn, and he didn't warn me. I was zonked out, yo. There's pictures of that session out there. I think, yeah, we were supposed to do a couple of songs, but I was going to remix some stuff for Ready to Die. You know what records they were? One of them, the idea was Give Me the Loop. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you got too high to get on Gimme the Loop. Why not come back the next day, Nas? <laughs> Still high. Still high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not messing with Big and stuff, man. That smoke. We were smokers, man. Still still are. Still am. And um, 
I don't know. Things happened. I lived far out in Long Island at the time. You know what I'm saying? Just coming to the city was like a mission. You know, it was hard to get me to move, man. I was just good where I was at. Have you seen what they do in the Queens? I was uh out in Queensbridge a week ago, in the whole Queensbridge. It looks nothing like mixtape days. It's like gentrified. I'm surprised they're not gonna knock it down and try to build condos there because it's right on the water. But like the whole Queensbridge has changed. Have you seen it or no? Oh hell yeah! It's a beautiful neighborhood. Um, it's changing. Things are changing. You know. Um, but you know, more important than, than anything, I would love to see the violence come to an end. I would love to see a, a serious ceasefire in Queensbridge. All we got is us. <laughs> get a little, a little emotional. Jesus, I, 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 I know it's sad. Yeah, I get that way sometimes. It's sad to see brothers shooting each other, especially in the hood that you grew up. You ever thought about going back and trying to, to do that ceasefire there? Maybe you would have go there because y'all both from the, from, from the bridge and, and try yes. to... Yes. 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 To make that happen. You got the power. You got the power to make that happen. They listen to you. They yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. We'll see what we can do. Much love to the whole neighborhood. Queensbridge, Ravenwood, Astoria, what's up? Everybody. Love. We want to see you more often on this breakfast club, Nas. Nah, man. It's love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back. It's the breakfast club. Good morning. brother. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Charlemagne the God. From Misha Green and J.J. Abrams comes HBO's newest series, and I think my new favorite show, even though I've only seen one episode, I loved it, Lovecraft Country, airing Sundays at 9 p.m. on HBO and streaming on HBO Max. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm gonna fatten all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They waiting for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was gonna be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yeah. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Donkey of the day for Tuesday, August 25th, goes the former U.N. ambassador and governor of my home, the great state of South Carolina. Her name is Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley spoke at the Republican National Convention last night and had this to say. America is not a racist country. This is personal for me. I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. They came to America and settled in a small southern town. My father wore a turban. My mother wore a sari. I was a brown girl in a black and white world. We faced discrimination and hardship, but my parents never gave in to grievance and hate. What happened now? When you hear things like that, you feel like you're at the Jamaican restaurant ordering a goat oxtail combo, and they tell you they have no more goat or oxtail. You're like, excuse me, there's no what? Well, can I get a beef patty? Uh, we have no more patties either. There's no what? There's no goat, no oxtail, no beef patty. Well, what am I here for? 
Okay, some things are expected, some things are staples, and what oxtail and goat are to a Jamaican restaurant, racism is to America. And just like I'm disappointed when the Jamaican restaurant tells me they have none of those things, I'm disappointed to hear Nikki Haley try to tell me America don't have no racism. Okay, America was built on racism. The very foundation of this country is racist. Okay, stop. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even doing Why are we even entertaining this conversation? At least when the Jamaican spot tells us they don't got goat, they really don't have no goat. Nikki Haley is acting like America, you know, uh, doesn't have a white supremacist ideology. Like there's not racism in policing, discrimination everywhere, and segregation still in everyday American life. We just watched a black man, Jacob Blake, get shot several times in the back in front of his kids in Wisconsin for just attempting to get in his car. So stop it, Nikki Haley, okay? Nikki Haley said out her own mouth uh, that her and her family experienced discrimination for being Indian. Okay, what do you think that discrimination was, Nikki? Okay, where do you think that discrimination stemmed from? You said you a brown girl who grew up in a black and white world. You said your family faced discrimination and hardship, but you got the nerve to start off that statement saying racism doesn't exist? Nikki Haley, do you remember when you removed the Confederate flag off the Statehouse lawn uh, in South Carolina back in 2015 after years and years of black people in Columbia protesting to take that flag down? My whole life, brothers and sisters were protesting to take that flag down in Columbia, South Carolina. Salute to the 803. Do you remember one of the reasons you said you took that flag down? Because I do. You said, and I quote, I even read it this morning on CNN just to make sure. I got this quote directly from CNN. You said the national conversation about being viewed differently because of your ethnicity forced you, Nikki, to reflect on your days growing up as a minority in a small town in South Carolina. You said one day your father drove to Columbia to buy produce at a fruit stand when two police officers were called to the stand to keep their eyes on your father. Those were your words, Nikki Haley. You said the officers just stood at the register until your father made his purchase. You said, Nikki Haley, and I quoted, I quote, because I'm quoting you, I remember how bad that felt. And my dad went to the register, shook their hands, said thank you, paid for his things, and not a word was said going home. I knew what had just happened, Nikki Haley said. That produce stand is still there, and every time I drive by it, I still feel that pain. I realized that Confederate flag was the same pain that so many people were feeling, end quote. Nikki Haley, that's racism. That's discrimination. That's bigotry, okay? Now, see, this is the equivalent of being at the Jamaican restaurant and them telling you there is no goat or no oxtail, and I can literally see the slabs of oxtail and goat in the back, all right? You're handing out plates of oxtail and goat to everybody but me, but telling me there is none. Nikki, knock it off, okay? Not to mention you contradicted yourself last night quite a few times because uh, you even know why the flag came down because a white supremacist named Dylan Roof shot nine beautiful black souls in AME. You spoke about um, Emmanuel AME in downtown Charleston. You spoke about it last night. Listen. It doesn't have to be like this. It wasn't like this in South Carolina five years ago. Our state came face to face with evil. A white supremacist walked into Mother Emanuel Church during Bible study. 12 African-Americans pulled up a chair and prayed with him for an hour. Then he began to shoot. After that horrific tragedy, we didn't turn against each other. We came together, black and white, Democrat and Republican. Together, we made the hard choices needed to heal and removed a divisive symbol peacefully 
and respectfully. Out of your own mouth, you referred to Dylan Roof as a white supremacist. Now, Nikki Haley, I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary. Okay, I graduated from night school in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Two years past schedule. I was supposed to graduate in 1996, graduated in 1998 from night school. Nikki, you know that South Carolina is ranked 44 out of 50 states when it comes to education. So you know I'm not the brightest, but I can Google. And just to make sure I was uh, accurate on my definition of white supremacy, I Googled it this morning. And the definition of white supremacy is the racist (laughs) belief that white people are superior to those of other races. I repeat, the definition of white supremacy is the racist belief that white people are superior to those of other races. You referred to Dylan Roof as a white supremacist, so you know what white supremacy is. You know it's a racist belief. So why the hell are you saying that the, that the racism doesn't exist in America, Nikki? I, 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 don't, I don't know what you were trying to say last night. I am not the white whisperer. Maybe she meant to say all Americans aren't racist, which is true, okay? But the system of America, the systems that exist in America are all inherently racist, period, poo. Okay, what I'm trying to tell you, Nikki Haley, is there is oxtail and goat in that kitchen. And you are lying to me telling me that there is no oxtail and goat in that kitchen. Now, there was a man who spoke at the RNC last night after you, Nikki. His name was Donald Trump Jr. I don't care who Sonny is. I don't care what side of the aisle he's on because I'm on no side. I don't care if Twitter says he was allegedly coked out of his mind. I don't care if he was talking out of both sides of his mouth. I don't care if he even believed what he said because if a broken clock could be right twice a day, so could a person high off cocaine, all right, allegedly. Some of my greatest life lessons came to me from the mouths of crackheads right there in South Carolina, Nikki. So I would never dismiss someone's words because they were allegedly high off cocaine. Listen to what Donald Trump Jr. said last night in regards to racism and policing. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism. And we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace. And if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that too. That right there should be chopped up and running in an ad for Biden, for a Biden-Harris commercial today. Play it again, damn it. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism. And we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace. And if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that too. We must put an end to racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. God damn it, Donald Trump Jr. didn't even agree with you, Nikki Haley. Okay? How how Donald Trump Jr. allegedly high off cocaine correct on something and you're not? Give me my damn oxtail and goat, because I see it back there. I know you got it. Please let Remy Ma give Nikki Haley the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker. You dumb. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, ma'am. All right. When we come back, 800-585-1051. Now, um, Charlemagne. Now, let, let, let the record show nobody in this room agrees on this topic but me. But I think it's a very valid topic because uh, a lot of us who grew up in this environment have received wisdom from these individuals, okay? Uh, Actually, my my, my good friend, who I call my brother, that is my brother, Wax, he actually went to college because of the advice he got from a crackhead. So what's the best advice you ever got from a cokehead or crackhead? Because y'all allegedly said Donald Trump Jr. was on uh, coke last night, and that was a great word he said about uh, ending racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. So just like a broken clock can be right uh, twice a day, 
soaking a cokehead or a crackhead. All right. All right. What's so the I best guess the advice you ever is, got from a cokehead or a crackhead? Now Charlemagne has uh, told you several times that he's even got fellatio from a crackhead. So he's that has he, nothing to do with nothing. He converses with crackheads and has these conversations all the time. You just TMZ'd me. That headline has nothing to do with this story, sir. It kind of does. You might have gotten advice during that time. That is true. When 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 that crack when he looked up at you and was doing what he was doing, he might have said no something he, nice. It wasn't no he. Okay, okay, whatever. And 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 by he the way, you should never. You to, he might have said you need to lift up the hood and get that schmegma out. <laughs> I'm, I'm circumcised. You should never judge people based off what they did while they were in survival mode. That goes okay. for me and that crackhead. Yeah. Well, you said he did an amazing job. But anyway, 800-585-1051. What is the best advice, I guess, you got from a crackhead? You ever got from a cokehead or crackhead? You show these cokeheads and crackheads some respect, okay? All right, well, They're call still us up humans now. with wisdom. Call us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Break, break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. You get donkey at a date. Yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey at a date. Yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yes. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Donkey of the Day for Tuesday, August 25th, goes the former UN ambassador and governor of my home, the great state of South Carolina. Her name is Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley spoke at the Republican National Convention last night and had this to say. America is not a racist country. This is personal for me. I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. They came to America and settled in a small southern town. My father wore a turban. My mother wore a sari. I was a brown girl in a black and white world. We faced discrimination and hardship, but my parents never gave in to grievance and hate. What happened now? When you hear things like that, you feel like you're at the Jamaican restaurant ordering a goat oxtail combo and they tell you they have no more goat or oxtail. You're like, excuse me, there's no what? Well, can I get a beef patty? Uh, we have no more patties either. There's no what? There's no goat, no oxtail, no beef patty. Well, what am I here for? Okay, some things are expected, some things are staples, and what oxtail and goat are to a Jamaican restaurant, racism is to America. And just like I'm disappointed when the Jamaican restaurant tells me they have none of those things, I'm disappointed to hear Nikki Haley try to tell me America don't have no racism. Okay, America was built on racism. The very foundation of this country is racist. Okay, stop. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even doing Why are we even entertaining this conversation? At least when the Jamaican spot tells us they don't got goat, they really don't have no goat. Nikki Haley is acting like America, you know, uh, doesn't have a white supremacist ideology. Like there's not racism in policing, discrimination everywhere, and segregation still in everyday American life. We just watched a black man, Jacob Blake, get shot several times in the back in front of his kids in Wisconsin for just attempting to get in his car. So stop it, Nikki Haley, okay? Nikki Haley said out her own mouth uh, that her and her family experienced discrimination for being Indian, okay? What do you think that discrimination was, Nikki? Okay, where do you think that discrimination stemmed from? You said you a brown girl who grew up in a black and white world. You said your family faced discrimination and hardship. 
but you got the nerve to start off that statement saying racism doesn't exist? Nikki Haley, do you remember when you removed the Confederate flag off the State House lawn uh, in South Carolina back in 2015 after years and years of black people in Columbia protesting to take that flag down? My whole life, brothers and sisters were protesting to take that flag down in Columbia, South Carolina. Salute to the 803. Do you remember one of the reasons you said you took that flag down? Because I do. You said, and I quote, I, I even read it this morning on CNN just to make sure I got this quote directly from CNN. You said the national conversation about being viewed differently because of your ethnicity forced you, Nikki, to reflect on your days growing up as a minority in a small town in South Carolina. You said one day your father drove to Columbia to buy produce at a fruit stand when two police officers were called to the stand to keep their eyes on your father. Those were your words, Nikki Haley. You said the officers just stood at the register until your father made his purchase. You said, Nikki Haley, and I quoted, I quote, because I'm quoting you. I remember how bad that felt. And my dad went to the register, shook their hands, said thank you, paid for his things, and not a word was said going home. I knew what had just happened, Nikki Haley said. That produce stand is still there, and every time I drive by it, I still feel that pain. I realized that Confederate flag was the same pain that so many people were feeling, end quote. Nikki Haley, that's racism. That's discrimination. That's bigotry, okay? Now, see, this is the equivalent of being at the Jamaican restaurant and them telling you there is no goat or no oxtail, and I can literally see the slabs of oxtail and goat in the back, all right? You're handing out plates of oxtail and goat to everybody but me for telling me there is none. Nikki, knock it off, okay? Not to mention you contradicted yourself last night quite a few times because uh, you even know why the flag came down because a white supremacist named Dylan Roof shot nine beautiful black souls in AME. You spoke about um, Emmanuel AME in downtown Charleston. You spoke about it last night. Listen, it doesn't have to be like this. It wasn't like this in South Carolina five years ago. Our state came face to face with evil. A white supremacist walked into Mother Emanuel Church during Bible study. 12 African-Americans pulled up a chair and prayed with him for an hour. Then he began to shoot. After that horrific tragedy, we didn't turn against each other. We came together, black and white, Democrat and Republican. Together, we made the hard choices needed to heal and removed a divisive symbol peacefully and respectfully. Out of your own mouth. You referred to Dylan Roof as a white supremacist. Now, Nikki Haley, I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary. Okay, I graduated from night school in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Two years past schedule. I was supposed to graduate in 1996, graduated in 1998 from night school. Nikki, you know that South Carolina is ranked 44 out of 50 states when it comes to education. So, you know, I'm not the brightest, but I can Google. And just to make sure. I was uh, accurate on my definition of white supremacy. I Googled it this morning. And the definition of white supremacy is the racist belief that white people are superior to those of other races. I repeat, the definition of white supremacy is the racist belief that white people are superior to those of other races. You referred to Dylan Roof as a white supremacist, so you know what white supremacy is. You know it's a racist belief. So why the hell are you saying that the, that the racism doesn't exist in America, Nikki? I, 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 don't, I don't know what you were trying to say last night. I am not the white whisperer. Maybe she meant to say all Americans aren't racist, which is true. OK, but the system of America, the systems that exist in America are all inherently racist, period. Poo. OK, what I'm trying to tell you, Nikki Haley, is there is oxtail and goat in that kitchen. 
And you are lying to me telling me that there is no oxtail and goat in that kitchen. Now, there was a man who spoke at the RNC last night after you, Dickie. His name was Donald Trump Jr. I don't care whose son he is. I don't care which side of the aisle he's on because I'm on no side. I don't care if Twitter says he was allegedly coked out of his mind. I don't care if he was talking out of both sides of his mouth. I don't care if he even believed what he said. Because if a broken clock can be right twice a day, so could a person high off cocaine. All right? Allegedly. Some of my greatest life lessons came to me from the mouths of crackheads right there in South Carolina, Nikki. So I would never dismiss someone's words because they were allegedly high off cocaine. Listen to what Donald Trump Jr. said last night in regards to racism and policing. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism and we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace. And if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that, too. That right there should be chopped up and running in an ad for Biden for a Biden-Harris commercial today. Play it again, damn it. All men and women are created equal and must be treated equally under the law. That's why we must put an end to racism. And we must ensure that any police officer who abuses their powers is held accountable. What happened to George Floyd is a disgrace. And if you know a police officer, you know they agree with that, too. We must put an end to racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. God damn it. Donald Trump Jr. didn't even agree with you, Nikki Haley. OK, how, how, how Donald Trump Jr. allegedly high off cocaine correct on something and you're not. Give me my damn oxtail and goat, because I see it back there. I know you got it. Please let Remy Ma give Nikki Haley the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker. You dumb. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, ma'am. All right. When we come back, 800-585-1051. Now, um, Charlemagne. Now, let, let, let the record show nobody in this room agrees on this topic but me. But I Correct. think it's a very valid topic because uh, a lot of us who grew up in this environment have received wisdom from these individuals. OK, uh, actually, my, my, my good friend who I call my brother, that is my brother, Wax, he actually went to college because of the advice he got from a crackhead. So what's the best advice you ever got from a cokehead or crackhead? Because y'all allegedly said Donald Trump Jr. was on uh, coke last night. And that was a great word he said about uh, ending racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. So just like a broken clock can be right uh, twice a day, so can a cokehead or crackhead. All right? All right. What's so the I best guess the advice question you is, ever got from a cokehead or a crackhead? Now, Charlemagne has uh, told you several times that he's even got fellatio from a crackhead. So he's... That has he, nothing to do with nothing. He converses yeah, with yeah, yeah. crackheads and has these just conversations all the time. You just TMZ'd so, me. That headline has nothing to do with this story, sir. It kind of does. You might have gotten advice during that time. That is true. When 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 that crack when he looked up at you and was doing what he was doing, he might have said no something he, nice. It wasn't no he. Okay, okay. whatever. And 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 by he the way, you should never. You to, he might have said you need to lift up the hood and get that schmegma out. <laughs> I'm, I'm circumcised. You should never judge people based off what they did while they were in survival mode. That goes okay. for me and that crackhead. Yeah. Well, you said he did an amazing job. But anyway, 800-585-1051. What is the best advice, I guess, you got from a crackhead? You ever got from a cokehead or crackhead? You show these cokeheads and crackheads some respect. Okay. All right. Well, they're call still us up humans now. with wisdom. Call us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out your phone. Call in right now. You call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. 
morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, Charlemagne uh, came up with this topic, 800-585-1051. You know, he has, um, I, I don't I like call them crackheads, but I, I guess, well, I guess that's let's, what let's, we call them, right? Let's give him the context. Last night at the RNC, Donald Trump Jr. spoke, and uh, Twitter said he was allegedly high off cocaine. I don't know if he was or not, but I know he said one thing I agree with, and that's we must put an end to racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. If Democrats aren't running that as a commercial today for Biden-Harris, something is wrong. But it just proves my point that you can get good words from a crackhead or a cokehead. I've gotten so much good advice from uh, crackheads throughout my life, but I think the best advice I've gotten from a crackhead is life is best lived simple. Easy for somebody with a crack addiction to say, uh, mm. but great advice nonetheless. Okay, let me let me just ask you a question. What um what put you into a vicinity with a I hate saying crackhead with a individual like I used to were you sell pitching? Were you selling? Oh, are you selling crack? Sell crack? Duh! I used to okay. sell. I used to sell crack. I've I've been arrested for in the distribution of cocaine, crack cocaine. But yes, I used to sell crack. So you were a caring drug dealer. So when you sold the crack, you had conversations. Hey, how you doing? In, no, talking about, talking about, I grew up in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I grew up in a rural area on a dirt road, okay? I was around crackheads a, 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 a large part of my life. And they're humans just like anybody else. Like, you know- I'm just curious guess, if, if you had conversations when you sold crack. I mean, I'm course. from Queens, so there was crackheads everywhere, but yeah, I didn't necessarily human. Down and have a conversation. First of all, you're cheap. As cheap as your ass is, you ain't never had a crackhead do nothing for you. Fix a car, change a tire, cut some grass, change the oil. <laughs> for, come on, carry some off. boxes. Yeah, yeah, carry exactly. some things in and out the house. Yeah, yeah, I guess you you're right. Like you never had a conversation with a with a. With a but I didn't. Before. I didn't have to sit down and said, "Hey, give me some advice. Hey, can can you uh, give me some fellatio?" That wasn't my conversation with 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 the crackhead. Why would you just be asking a crackhead for fellatio? You are kidding Didn't you? you watch me. See, you watch Minister Society one too many times. And then it's those Bro. roles, there's those Bro. stereotypical roles that make you feel like that's what all crackheads are out here doing. Let me ask Can you, you a question, right? Did a crackhead, yes or no, give you fellatio? You're Just answer, yes or no. Of course. Answer yes. the question. At one he... point in my life, I don't judge people for See? what okay. they did in survival yeah. mode. Don't judge me for giving what was uh, survival a crackhead mode about that? a 20-year rock for some fellatio, and don't judge that crackhead for what they did, okay? And I'm sure it's somebody upset that we're using the term crackhead. That has to be an offensive term in 2020. But I, but I don't know what to say. But anyway, let's oh, go to my the phone Hello, Sorry, who's this? Guys. Hold on. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What's the best What's advice, advice you ever got I hate from a crackhead? crackhead, man? Can we use drug abuser? Of... <laughs> nah. Yeah, the best advice I got from a crackhead was to join the military. Uh, um, mm. At the point in time that he actually gave me that advice, I was actually out in the street selling things. Didn't have much of a future, but uh, because of him, I've actually seen 26 countries around the world, and I'm retired now and loving life. You sound like my brother Wax. My brother Wax is in the street doing the same thing. And see, what people don't understand is people who have already made the wrong choices in life can tell you where they went wrong. So he's a, a crackhead actually told Wax he needs to go to college and stop wasting his time in the street, too. Exactly. Crackhead. Yep. Crackheads got some knowledge. They got some knowledge. Not much, but they got it. Yep. I hate using and, that term. Crackhead. That's got to be a, be a better term, bro. Thank you, man. Well, somebody will tell us the politically correct term, I'm sure. Hello, who's this? What up? Peace, Queen. What's the best advice you ever got from a crackhead? 
was a cokehead. My mom, she's been doing it all our lives. But one day we came home from the hotel. We wanted her to cook. And she said, I know y'all didn't come home. Be hurting and hungry. I've heard that saying before. I've never understood what the first part means. What does the P hurting part mean? Well, you've been having sex. So a man had sex. Oh, there you go. Letting the man beat up on it and he ain't even feed you. You ain't getting nothing out the deal. I love you, Charlemagne. I love you more. Drop on the clues bombs for your mama. Your mama, has she gotten clean yet? Or is she still? Well, you know, she's doing. She's doing really good. She's working. Ultimately, just because you do drugs don't mean you can't do both. You can get yourself together and do what you do. That's the problem sometimes with a lot of people. They think they just because they do drugs, they're scarce from their family. But no, we love you too. You do you do what you do, but you take care of home. That's right. You could be a functioning cocaine. We saw the RNC last night. A lot of functioning cokeheads up on that stage. All right. Well, thank you, Mama. 800-585-1051. I guess the, the question is, um, what advice What's have you got from... What's the best advice? No, not what advice. Addict? What's the best advice you've ever gotten from a crackhead or a cokehead? Yee, have you got any advice? Um, I can't say that I have. Yo, <laughs> I was trying to think really hard about it, but no, I don't, I don't believe I have. All right. And you, right. the, you, you, you was raised in the music industry for 20 plus years and you never got no good advice from a cokehead, yee? Cut it out. No, I don't think I have. And if somebody was addicted to cocaine, maybe I didn't know. Maybe they were just functioning. All right. Well, hit us up. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, uh, Charlemagne had an interesting uh, topic this morning. Well, it was based off the Republican National Convention last night because uh, Donald Trump Jr. spoke. And, you know, people say it was saying that he was allegedly high off cocaine. I mean, some people thought that Nikki Haley was allegedly high off cocaine based off her comments because she said America is, is not a racist country. But uh, Donald Trump Jr. said we must put an end to racism and police who abuse their power should be held accountable. That, to me, proved my point that you can get good words from somebody who's allegedly high off cocaine uh, or, or a crackhead. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? Yeah, what's good? It's, it's, it's your boy, Raji. Raji, what's, what's happening, King? What's the craziest, uh, I should say, the best advice you got what's from- the best uh, advice? Not crazy. Crackhead? I, uh... a, a cokehead or yeah. crackhead? What's the best advice? Oh, man, my cousin, uh, he'd he be on that. He'd be on that strong. But uh, anyway, we playing poker. And uh, before we even play, he said, I know you play a little bit, but because I'm going to tell you some, some real deal. Watch everybody on the table. If they start making weird faces, start winking their eyes and looking all weird, shit, man, they don't got no good hand. But if somebody is looking straight at you or looking straight at that other hand or looking at somebody else, watch them. They're they the ones you got to worry about, but everybody else don't worry about them. And that's true. They, that's man, why they really help me every time. That's why they tell you keep a poker face. How, how's your cousin now? Is he clean or is he still getting high? Nah, man, he, he want $10 every time I pull up. <laughs> right. All right, my brother. Thank you for calling, man. Hello? Yes, hello. Peace. What's your name? Tatiana. Peace, Queen Tatiana. How are you? Now, what's the best advice you ever got from a cokehead or crackhead? Oh, my God. Is Yes, ma'am. Nope. Good morning. How are you? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. Good morning. How are you? Amen. Good morning. I'm well, thank you. But the what's... best advice I've ever got from a crackhead would be... Never lend what you cannot purchase. Ooh, I like that. You got a little Susie Orman crackhead around you, huh? <laughs> I'm not something lend. like that. 
Okay, never lend what you cannot purchase. You, you mean for the other person? Never lend to a person what they can't purchase, you mean? No, meaning, say, do not lend a pair of shoes that you cannot be able to go out and purchase again. Oh, gotcha. Because you're gotcha. not getting it back. You're really just giving it away. Got you, exactly. Tatiana. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thank I you for calling, Mama. That. Hello, who's this? John John from Harlem. How y'all doing? John John from Harlem, man. What's what's the best advice you got from a, a, a attic, a crackhead? Well, it's actually two things. One, I got the bag. Re up real quick. You get all this money. Secondly, you told me, man, get out of these streets, man. You know, you can't stay here forever, man. You got to switch up your lane. Everybody in this in this game here is not working on the Fed, so you need to switch your your game up. Some other things, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm pursuing music and. And I'm an author of children's books and, and activists in the community. So, yeah, I used to pray on my Thank community, now my community, brother. Thank you. That's beautiful, King. And you know what? That is like, that's the moral of the story. The moral of the story to me is like people who have done the wrong thing can always tell you the right thing to do. And sometimes they may not even tell you. You can just observe them and know what the right thing is to do. Because you can, you can learn from other people's poor choices. That's what they say. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. I don't know where the hell Envy went, Angela Yee. So he, oh, he, he did, ran out He the just room. got up and walked out. Oh, oh maybe he's getting his coronavirus test. All of this, all of this, all of this talk about crack is getting him excited. <laughs> no, I had about to crack actually let my nurse in because she's about to... Uh, Stick something up, you know. Okay. You couldn't say. You couldn't say. Excuse us. Excuse me. She was in the middle of talking. Nicole was out. in the middle of talking, and I wanted to make sure I let her in before the dog seen her. You make sure you bring her in here so I can see her stick something in you. That's all you worried about. You just want to see somebody <laughs> stick something in me. That's all you want. That's all you want. You're nasty. Yeah, we got rumors on the way. Yes, and we'll talk about the real. They have announced their new co-host. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, so The Real has named Garcelle Bouvet as a new co-host, and I think that's going to be an amazing one. She is also the first black cast member on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She posted, I'm beyond, beyond excited to share this news that I am the new co-host of The Real. Anyone who knows me knows that I love pop culture. I love the news. I love talking about it. I love sharing my opinion. And to be sitting at the table with these amazing women, Lonnie Love, Adrian Bailon, Jeannie Mai, will be an honor and a blast. Salute to her. Um, that's, a great, that's a great position. I wonder, you know, how long did it take them? Because when did Amanda leave? Has it, has it been well, that long? Tamara also just left as well. Oh, yeah. So they they probably had one more March, question, right? They left what? March, April? Yeah, March, so, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. During the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I just wonder what made yeah, them come so, to this conclusion. Because it's not like I, I haven't seen her filling in or has she been? I don't know. I know. I haven't seen her. Oh, well, she also her. is going to be in the upcoming Coming to America sequel as well. And she was on uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming and the CBS All Access series Tell Me a Story. We know from the Jamie Foxx show, NYPD Blue. And she has a great personality on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, so it seems like it'll be good. She's forever fancy. Salute to, salute to her. Now, the new season does start on September 21st. That's going to be the seventh season, so congratulations to them. All right, Gabrielle Union. She was talking about, uh, again, her exit from America's Got Talent. Now, she was on a panel for the 2020 American Black Film Festival called Minding Her Business, and she was talking about the difficult business dealing was being let go from America's Got Talent. She said that 
probably it was also surprising and so heartbreaking and so frustrating and so unnecessary. That would be probably the hardest part of my time in the industry. She also said that she felt like she got a public flogging. She said, just standing in my truth and standing on the side of employee rights and knowing there's a better way of doing business. But that whole process was really brutal. And knowing that I brought my team into that, it just sucked. Mm. Yeah, that was a difficult time for her, I'm sure. All right, now, Rotimi is on Fo was on Fox Soul. He was on Kingsville Cosign, and he was talking about a foursome that he had. Listen to this. Power season three, four, around that time, I had a foursome. It was me and three women. Literally, I was talking to somebody kind of serious. Then her best friend was there and their lesbian friend that ended up joining. A foursome? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Rumble Young Man. he was with Rumble. her best friend and a lesbian mutual friend of them. Four, one, two, three. Yeah, I guess it's a four. You know, yeah, four you really four you because it's really you're you're really only having sex with three other people. You're the fourth person, so technically, technically, it should be called well, a threesome. No, a menage a trois is a threesome. That don't make any sense you either. That should be people. a twosome. No, there's three people involved. There's three people involved. There's three of you. Yeah, but it's not like you screwing yourself. Involved. I would think That's that a foursome is that is. You know, I would think four people is sleeping with you. I I don't know. I guess. Well, whatever. He had fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds All like. All right. All right, Boosie is taking his mother's advice and learning when to just, you know, zip it. He was on Instagram Live and he was asked his opinion on Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion and that incident. And here's what he said. I don't want to get in that because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Because I, I f*** with Tory and I f*** with Meg. I need me a Meg verse now. I'm not okay. going to say sh I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to be in the wedge. Y'all, they going to take this and they're going to flip it on me. And they're going to make it look like I took a side. So, like my mama say, I need to shit up on this. Well, I mean, that's Boosie's prerogative. Uh, more people need to tell themselves that in regards to whatever the hot topic is at the moment. But social media makes you feel like you have to comment on any and every damn thing. But if Boosie doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't have to talk about it. He said he got relationships with both of them, so I understand. But I doubt that Megan Thee Stallion feature is coming anytime soon, Boosie. <laughs> I highly <laughs> doubt it. I highly doubt you're going to get it in a timely I would say fashion still, if you get it at all. Working, she's still working. But she may not want to give it to him because he didn't take a side. You know what I mean? Right, at a maybe, time like this. Maybe. maybe. Especially when you see all these other brothers come into her defense and Boosie decides he don't want to take a side. Maybe she feels like, hey, does Boosie think I'm lying? Is Boosie one of the people that are thinking I'm making this up? So she may not send that might I don't also know. Not know. He also might not know all the details to even be able to come. None of us do. No, but maybe he's not following everything that's been coming out. Like, you know how you get bits and pieces, but you don't know everything that's come out. So you're like, look, I ain't gonna comment because I'm not sure. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I feel that. I agree with you. But Boosie comments on any and everything else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He does. So I and know. Sometimes he I don't know be knowing the whole story. <laughs> exactly. And, and I know true people too. probably got on. I know people probably got on his ass for not commenting on uh, this. And that's probably why the Shade Room even did that interview with him to see if he would, if, would have something to say. But I agree. Yeah, he might have learned facts. this lesson, though, because sometimes people just aren't following the story that closely, and then they might say something and have all their facts off. He knows so. about this. I mean, Megan, if Megan Thee Stallion gets on Instagram and says, yo, Tori shot me, you should have an opinion on that if you have an opinion on everything else. That's all. And I, listen, I, I agree. Boosie can keep it to himself, but I can see how also social media will be like, oh, now you ain't got right. nothing to say, Boosie? Mm-hmm. Well, I do appreciate everybody that is coming to Megan Thee Stallion's defense in this whole incident because I know it's not easy for her. So, again, I'm going to keep on saying it, man. We are with you, Megan Thee Stallion.
All right, and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, here's part two of his uh, interview on uncomfortable conversations with the black man with Emmanuel Acho. Here's what he had to say about supporting players kneeling after that whole Black Lives Matter NFL video came out. He responded. Will you support players if they were to peacefully protest during the national anthem this season? Yes, we have never disciplined a single player for anything at the national anthem mm -hmm. and in violation, and I don't intend to. You talk about that video a couple of months ago, I didn't speak to an owner about that. Yeah. Why'd you do I, that? I did. Why'd you, you didn't have to. You didn't because have to. Because it's because what I believe in, number one, and two, it's what I believe the National Football League stands for. You know, the players obviously uh, made the video the night before. I looked at that and I said, I want to respond to that. I don't even care. Don't care. I don't care what Roger Goodell has to say about any of this. It's a little anymore. too late. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just don't care. Don't, I don't give a damn. I just, just keep funding, uh, keep, keep cutting them checks. Uh, to for the inspire change and you know keep letting rock nation delegate the money where they need to other than that sh He can shut the f up forever. Don't care mm -hmm. what Roger Goodell got to say All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you. Miss Yee now uh, Shout out to revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow And you know what ever since I took that test I can breathe like super duper clear now Like that's super crazy because I didn't have to do both nostrils ever and we got our results back in 15 minutes no, I had to do both nostrils, and they send it out, Listen, so it takes a day or so. Do you do do better after you get um, stuck in that other hole? Yeah, you do. You, okay, yeah. What, are, <laughs> what, what about you, Charlemagne? I was asking you, Envy. <laughs> That's why people do that. Like, you never had to stick your finger up one of your kids' butts to loosen up the, their bowels? No, man. No. Mm -mm. I thought that's what parents do. Never heard that Is that what your dad or mom did to you? No, but I've heard people say that. No. Never heard that one. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Nas for stopping through earlier today. Nas yes, said first Jones. Time, first time ever on The Breakfast Club, so that was amazing for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, um, that conversation is up on YouTube right now, and everybody needs to go check out King's Dream. Listen, I love adult contemporary hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I love when the 40-plus-year-old rappers uh, speak to what they're dealing with in their lives now. And it is interesting because it feels like they're being more realer at 40-plus years old than they were when they were kids. You know, when they were younger, they were in character. Like, Nas was Escobar and Nasty right. Nas. But now it feels like it's just Nasir Jones, the man, talking, and that's dope. All right. Well, shout to Nas. Make sure you definitely uh, stream his album. Definitely take a listen to it. It's dope, 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 dope. All right. When we come back, we got the positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. You guys have a great day. You got a positive note for the people, Charlamagne? I do. The positive note on this fine Tuesday is simply this. You'll never be happy if you constantly worry what others think about you.